Welcome to Home Dance Film Festival, the podcast that brings just a small part of the Sundance Film Festival to you. We typically discuss two Sundance movies along with one non-Sundance film, but you know what? It's a Christmas episode! Yay, Christmas! We're bringing a little bit of the Christmas spirit to you. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dylan. Dylan. Yes, Jessica. It's like a fireside chat. Yeah. (laughs) Just crowded around the microphone. In front of you, you have a table, and on that table, you have some eggnog, you have some hot chocolate, Mm -hmm. you have some boiled custard, and you also have some apple cider, hot apple cider. Not like European legit cider, but like American almost apple juice hot, but Mm -hmm. with ice cream and caramel in it. What are you choosing? I'm choosing to go to the pantry and get four cups. Final answer. One for each of them. Oh, okay. I see. (laughs) That's clever. But I guess if I had, for the purpose of this question, because you know I double up on things, I don't know, you added caramel and Mm. ice cream to that Mm -hmm. apple cider, so that sounds intriguing. (laughs) But probably go straight for that eggnog Mm. if it wasn't for those extra bits that you added i see i'm going for the eggnog too i gotta stick with it it's my favorite og eggnog or like any kind of flavors i'll take og Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i don't mind any special flavors either i welcome all of these flavors jessica i know we're about to delve in to all this fun christmas stuff including an actual sundance movie Mm -hmm. christmas again but before that I wanted to discuss a throwback movie, as I tend to do, and that is 1938's Angels with Dirty Faces. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know what you're thinking. That movie that they talk about and show on Home Alone? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. This is the actual Warner Brothers gangster film starring... The prototypical gangster himself, Jimmy Cagney, Humphrey Bogart in like a smaller role before he really popped off. It is really good. (laughs) I watched it recently. I got in the Warner Archive Blu-ray and it's not just your typical gangster film. It's kind of a condemnation of gangster films because it shows the downside of being a gangster and it's kind of more moralistic than most that I see. And besides just the bad guy shooting people and going about his day. So it was unexpected, and it's nice to know where the spoof in Home Alone derived its title from. So there's that. That gets me a little bit into the Christmas spirit. But if you're actually looking for a good gangster film, Angels with Dirty Faces, recommended. But now that we got that out of the way, should we uh, put on our Santa hats and go for a Sundance? (laughs) And rock around the Christmas tree. Yes. Sundance around the Christmas tree? Yeah, let's do it. Is that a nice girl still working here? Not this year. That must make your holiday even tougher. Yeah, it's just one month a year. (laughs) Christmas sucks. The people see the needles and think the trees are dead. (laughs) The trees are dead, everyone knows that. But they don't want to be reminded of it, okay? So when there's needles, you clean them up. 
How's it look? It's a hit. So what do you do with the leftover trees? There aren't any. Never? They all end up on the curb eventually. Christmas Again played at the Sundance Film Festival in 2015. It was written and directed by Charles Pokel. It stars Kentucker Audley, Hannah Gross, Craig Butta, Jason Shelton, and Una Roche. A heartbroken Christmas tree salesman returns to New York City hoping to put his past behind him. Living in a trailer and working the night shift, he begins to spiral downwards until the saving of a mysterious woman and some colorful customers rescue him from self-destruction. So... I was very interested in watching this movie. It was on my watch list, and I'm glad that we finally got to. I really enjoyed it. It is kind of slow, so I think a lot of people would probably find it boring, but I didn't think that it was so boring. And I find it amusing that indie holiday movies, they have usually a darker edge to them. Mm -hmm. And there's already one about a Christmas tree lot with Paul Rudd and Paul Giamatti called All is Bright. Yeah. And I really like that one too, but that one is a bit more frustrating because of people making dumb decisions I like things about the Christmas tree lots and Christmas tree farms because it's super interesting. These people who sell the trees, they're different people who are the farmers of the trees, but like most of the time they travel from wherever and then they get the most of their money, the year's worth of money during that time. And it just blows my mind and they like live on the lot. It's so fascinating. So all that together, it just makes me want to watch movies about it. So I'm always down to watch those. Just like the uh, classic Hallmark or Lifetime movie, Christmas Under the Stars, I believe it is. Yeah, was that... Was, With Jesse Metcalf. Yeah, but was he living in the... It was a whole thing where he had to, like, slum it. He had, like, a high-paying oh, yeah, job, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he had to, like, work the Christmas lot for reasons. And yeah, okay, I remember now. It's cute. Yeah, there's another one, another Hallmark one that's called Fur Crazy. I really like that one. I missed out on that one. It's fun. <laughs> but it, Christmas Tree Lot, real yeah, nice. Yeah, just fun. So I found this movie festive because you're surrounded by Christmas trees the whole time and then he puts up lights and everything and it's just the Christmas season and then he's in New York and then it's interesting hearing all these customers come and watching the process of selling trees. So I find it very fascinating and it, it made me feel Christmassy even though the movie is very sad and somber. The guy selling the trees, he's heartbroken and you can tell that this is the first year without his girlfriend selling these Christmas trees and I think it was a big thing in his life before where they were probably really excited to do it together and then he had his friends too and then everything's different and sad so it's he's not in a good place and I think the payoff at the end where I'm, I'm not gonna say like the whole ending but like whenever he encounters one customer where she seems really into what he's doing like what he did with the wreaths she seems really excited you see his face light up he just he looks so much better and it made me feel it warmed my heart because he really lit up and it made me happy so I really like that part yeah not to say like the the rest of the movie is just like bleh, like a slog yeah you're not just like hinging on that moment it's just like all these other yeah they're difficult customers but they're not cartoonish for the most part mm. they're like just normal yeah. people just being kind of like specific yeah. and difficult you can definitely hear people do stuff like that it's very realistic 
Yeah. But it's just like this one lady, she just, she doesn't seem as stressed out as everyone seems mm-hmm. to be. Everyone else is just doesn't know what they're doing. And that's like Christmas tree, buying a Christmas tree. I think for a lot of people, it's just like, man, it's so much money and it's like a big decision. And I got to make sure it fits and like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But this lady's just like really chill and just like, this is so cool. And like yeah. asking them about different things. And he's like, she's actually interested in not just kind of like trying to get it over with. Yeah. It's an errand. Yeah. Yeah, she was really excited about it all, and he didn't expect that, and I wasn't really expecting that either, because all the customers we had encountered were just <laughs> annoying, Yeah, and they were all just trying to get stuff done, but he just kind of offhandedly, he was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I just make those, did you need me to do something else with it? And then she's like, no, I love it, it's beautiful, and then he just lights up, and he's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's really quiet. Like, his performance was really good. He seems like a real person. It was more like a documentary. It was very realistic. And yeah, it looks low budget, but I liked it a lot. Well, it's a movie that is very small. And like you said, it could be considered boring. Not a lot happens, but I was pretty (laughs) transfixed throughout the whole time. It's kind of hypnotizing and very Mm -hmm. relaxing just to see this guy doing his job and just stuff happens, but it's not that big of a deal like it's very low stakes it's just Mm-hmm. him he's sad but he's not demonstrably sad like he's not trying to be like i'm sad he's just like trying to live his life and mm-hmm. deal with these customers and like he's taking up the night shift which is very like isolating this movie i think it works especially well because it is not long it's like 80 minutes mm-hmm. and that's like the perfect length because if it was longer i think it would have gotten yeah. really taxing but it's just it's slow but it keeps you glued to the screen it's so natural and you just really appreciate what he's doing mm. and like you said the guy Kentucker he's really good because like I haven't delved into the production of this or anything but it just feels like they were like hey guy on a bench you're looking pretty sad you want to be in a movie and it's like yeah okay yeah. And just like I saw that one of his bigger roles was in VHS. Oh really? Yeah. The I think, horror movie. I think that's what he's famous for. Nice. I have not gotten around to watching that one yet, so I'll have to look out for him. One of the benefits of this movie is that there aren't a lot of big names. The only person I really recognized was Hannah Gross, who we had seen in Colwell. But I really liked her in this role too, of just like this woman who he saves from a park bench. I don't think that's a spoiler. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, she was passed out. Yeah. So he helps her. Yeah, and just make sure that she doesn't get harmed while passed out. Mm-hmm. And or just robbed. Yeah. Their relationship, that happens pretty early on in the movie, but how their dynamic evolves throughout the movie is pretty believable. And the whole movie is just, they're not making up, like, manufacturing drama for no reason. It's all just kind of low-key and intriguing. <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole movie is, like, a New York moment mm-hmm. <laughs> where that stuff can happen easily there. This definitely isn't a movie for people who who want the touchy-feely Hallmark type stuff, Mm. I don't think most audience, like most mainstream audiences, will not walk away from this feeling (laughs) warm and happy. It's more like people like us who appreciate more melancholy stories of just human existence, (laughs) or just like, that was interesting. Yeah, but it's almost like this movie does have what in Christmas circles that I am a part of, and like podcasts and stuff, it almost has like a Linus moment, which 
watches where Linus could come into the movie and be like, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Because he's very somber the whole movie and depressed. He loses sight of what he's doing and what Christmas is and why he loved it in the first place. And then like, yes, the woman, Lydia, Lydia helps him a little bit because she mentions like, oh, this must be really cool. A cool job selling Christmas trees during Christmas. And his name is Noel, which is very cool. Yeah. Because Noel. And then she's like, you must love Christmas. And then he kind of forgets and he's like, I I don't know, I guess. But then later, towards the end of the movie, he's really excited to be selling the trees again. And he's really happy with what he's done. And he's happy interacting with the customers. It really makes his night. So I think he realizes and remembers why he loved it in the first place, what the season is about and why it's so magical. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it could leave you warm, but it does leave me warm. I think it it takes a patient audience (laughs) to get to that. Because I think probably like 40 minutes in, people would be like, this dude is literally just talking to customers, sleeping in his trailer. Mm -hmm. And the most dramatic thing is he found that girl on the bench. And then... That's not the most dramatic thing. Like at the 40 minute mark, yeah. But then there's like other stuff in the trailer though. He's having issues with coping, taking drugs. Yeah, but... And and then stuff happens. I don't think that'd be enough for most audiences to be like, I got to keep watching this. Yeah, like, I don't know if the end, what I'm saying, what makes me feel warm and festive and nice is enough of a payoff for other people. Mm-hmm. It might not be as big of a payoff because it's very subtle and slow and gentle. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not like a huge declaration, like in normal Christmas movies, like, this is why I love Christmas. Yeah, this is a very, 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 very tiny indie, slow burn, mm-hmm. just contemplative feeling movie. Yeah, which... I usually really like mm-hmm. whenever they do that. And like I said, indie holiday movies, usually they deal with the darker sides of families gathering or just being alone and having depression during Christmas. I like what you said about the woman who recognizes his work because it pays off from like a scene earlier in the film that was interesting to me because he had made these wreaths he kind of offhandedly mentioned like, yeah, I, I, I did this. He actually puts in the effort to like make these homemade wreaths. Mm-hmm. And like this woman who was just like, I just want a plain wreath. <laughs> and just like, can you take all this off? <laughs> and he's just kind of dejected and just having that payoff later. And he's just yeah. like, whenever she asked about the girl asked about the wreath and he's just like, oh, yeah, this again, this again. Yeah. I, I put all this effort in. I didn't get it because she was like, do you just have plain wreaths? And he's like, I can take all this off. And she just says, yeah. But I was just thinking, you could have just taken that off yourself. He literally just did it really fast. You could have done that, gotten the wreath and done it whenever you got home. Didn't want to. <laughs> That's just the kind of stuff that would happen. Like, real people really would do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, they're not thinking, I can buy this wreath and take off what I need to take off or put on what I need to put on. But I kind of get where she's coming from, just in the fact of just, maybe he has a section of wreaths that aren't decorated that are maybe cheaper yeah so it's just like maybe they're he's, they're already good and she doesn't have to put in that effort but then he's just like i don't but i can take this off overall i dig this movie's message and it is very hypnotizing i didn't find it particularly boring or anything mm-hmm. I just want to warn audiences who don't feel like they have patience to just watch a dude live his life with not that many dramatic twists, just to know what they're getting into. Yeah. I was trying to think of a movie that it would be comparable to, where they would know, and then they're like, oh, that's not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I got it. What? So, if you've seen Clint Eastwood's The Mule... Take out all the drug trafficking and just have him tending to his garden. (laughs) That's 
same plane. That's yeah. What, that's what we're working with. That's perfect. <laughs> Take out him trying to sleep with the younger women and stuff. Yeah. Hiring double prostitutes. Yeah, <laughs> or someone did that for him. Yeah. Yeah, just take all that out, and you got it. Just a yeah. normal slice-of-life movie. Yeah, this movie is just like The Mule, just... <laughs> No drug trafficking. Wait, I mean, hmm. I guess you could kind of compare this to Nomadland. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that just won Best Picture, so at least people know that. Yeah, that's a good one. Got it. Yeah. Got it on air. Still indie, but yeah, more aware. It literally won all the prizes throughout the awards season, so yeah, that's... people should at least know what it is. Yeah, that's a good one. It's like the Eternals, but <laughs> if they didn't have powers and they were just around chilling, talking. Selling Christmas trees. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if these immortal beings were just, like, selling Christmas trees. Living in a tiny trailer. I mean, I assume. I haven't watched The Eternals yet, but that's... (sighs) Yeah, I'm going to take a listen. Oh, good for you! And how was it? What is your rating system? My rating system is Douglas Firs. That's a good fur. I will give this movie three and a half Douglas Firs out of five. How dare you steal my rating? I also... Hey, I I could bump it up to a four if you want. Hey, this is... You're not (laughs) beholden to anything. You just do what you feel. Douglas firs require more care. They need to be spritzed and kept away from heat. (laughs) Maybe I'll give it a four out of five. Okay. Four spritzed (laughs) Douglas firs out of five. I'm going to stick with my three and a half. I think it is pretty dang good. And that's high praise. High praise. If you want to see if you agree with us, it is currently available to stream on Canopy. Now it's time for Christmas Free-For-All, where we talk about all kinds of Christmas movies that we've watched, whatever we're feeling, what's on our minds. I am ready. Okay. Let her rip, hang pen. I'm going to mention that if you want to watch something that will leave you warm and fuzzy and make you feel nice, you should check out the documentary Dear Santa. It is on Hulu and it will restore your faith in humanity. It is about the Operation Santa program that the U.S. Postal Service has going and they've operated for a hundred years, I think. Operation Santa is where all the kids in the United States, they write their letters to Santa, the post office gets them, they sort them and they put them online where you can read them and you can adopt a letter and then you send presents to that kid or the family. So even if you want like a small boost, just go online and read those letters because it is like pure, sweet, sweet childhood innocence. It's good. And the movie follows a couple of families and postal workers delivering the presents and everything and you get to see some of the kids getting the presents and it's just really nice. You should totally check that out. It's on Hulu. (laughs) Yes. IFC released that doc last year and I was very pleased by that. It's informative. You get to learn about the system, but then also get that emotional payoff of getting to actually see it in action. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do an anti-recommendation. Oh, no. Yeah. Netflix, you need to calm (laughs) down because you keep ruining franchises and the latest casualty (laughs) is The Princess Switch 3 Romancing the Star. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> After, what was it The Christmas Prince? Is that the other one? Yeah. With Rose McIver? Yeah. 
you start off really well. I <laughs> really loved the Princess Switch. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't anything that hadn't been done before, but Vanessa Hudgens, she's charming, and it just, it warmed my soul. And then the second one came around, I'm like, why are they introducing this third lady? This is <laughs> unnecessary. It's getting silly. It's getting really silly. This is just silly. <laughs> I mean, the first one, it had Christmas baking. Yeah. It had sleigh rides. It just, it was it, good. Yeah. And then it just became like a parody of itself. And now this third one, they're like doing heists. They're like breaking in like Mission Impossible style into yeah. like things. It's barely about Christmas anymore. It is ridiculous. I thought for sure there was going to be a fourth Vanessa Hudgens, but mm-hmm. they didn't do just it. Just keep adding them. Yeah. Every- <laughs> I was like, here we go. Here comes another one. They didn't do it though. Wow. <laughs> so stop taking things that I love and ruining them and just beating them to death in the ground. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They did the same thing with the Christmas Prince, though. Yeah. That I, was not great. <laughs> yeah. I The second Christmas Prince, I don't care about your political intrigue and your <laughs> warring countries and, like, government upheaval. That's not what I need. I want Christmas, and I want fun, and I want love. <laughs> also, I don't care about your baby. Get it off my screen. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember, because it's been a while. I don't know if we watched those last year. I can't remember. But one of them, well, in the, the Christmas Switch, is that the name? Princess Switch or Christmas oh, Prince? Princess Switch. Yeah. It's a Princess Switch. Especially the third one. Yeah. The Vanessa Hutchins that's American mm-hmm. has like zero chemistry with dude. It's like Gunner from Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird and awkward. And then I think the same thing happens in the Christmas Prince. Their chemistry just starts to fizzle. Yeah. It's ridiculous. With the Princess Switch, the newest one. Also, the royal one's husband just disappears for like yeah. 40 minutes and just like, yeah, I got to go on this trip. And yeah. then it's just so weird. And they're like redeeming this character who screwed everyone over in the second one because she's family. And I didn't care about her romance. Um, yeah. And it's just crazy. And then it was like, oh, we're going to do more switching and we're going to make this one pretend to be the other one and this one pretend and it's yeah. like a triangle of pretending yeah. to be other people and I'm just like I guess you needed to get the princess switch in your title to actually happen but mm-hmm. I don't care you just ruined it yeah it's not great so yeah Netflix knock it off we don't need it oh speaking of Netflix yesterday we watched <laughs> A Castle for Christmas definitely don't need a damn sequel for that one don't need it it's not necessary it <laughs> was perfectly fine but whatever I wonder if they're going to make a sequel. Probably not, because it's about older people and Netflix's audience don't care. No one wants to see olds. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, and that movie barely had Christmas in it, too. It was like the last 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, they pulled a Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Where they're just like, oh, yeah, here's Christmas. Or It's a Wonderful Life. Meet Me in St. Louis, too. Yeah, both of them. But Carrie Elway's with a Scottish Brogue. (laughs) That's also something I didn't need in my life. (laughs) I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brooke Shields, glad to see you. Yeah. Like, she was lovely. She did what she needed to do. She didn't really have chemistry with Carrie. Like, it was just like, <laughs> was, yeah, this is fine. He was too focused on trying to be Scottish. Yeah. So he couldn't really focus on pulling the <laughs> I, romance off. I can either be romantic <laughs> Or I can be dead on accurate. With my- yeah, he's like, I don't want to be Shrek. Like Mike Myers and Shrek. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> my swamp. 
Netflix, I appreciate you trying to give us romances that are above 40. But <laughs> above 40. <laughs> I appreciate the the Christmas movies with the olds. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to call them olds because if Brooke was to ever to yeah. listen to our podcast and hear me calling her old, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> I consider myself an old, so. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, they're going to make these movies. I'm going to keep watching them, so it's like they're getting rewarded because I need more Christmas content. It's just like that BS they pulled, <laughs> was like, last year. Sorry, audience, I'm getting fired up with Rob Lowe in Africa. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Th- where they also just did Christmas at the end. Christmas in the Wild? Yeah, I think. Was that Kristen Davis? Yes. It was terrible. Yeah. And the, the I love her. Yeah. And Rob Lowe. The dubbing, like with the audio was terrible and then the green screen was really bad and then there was barely any Christmas in it. I wonder how many terrible things I've sat through just because Kristen Davis is in it. Like I know she was in one of those wild hogs or something like that. Mm. I think I've watched a Lifetime or Hallmark movie with her in it because she was in it. <laughs> and the thing is, there are probably better ones on there right now, but we're just saving them for closer to Christmas, so we've just been trying to parse out the good things. I'm really excited about Love Hard, but mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Holiday from last year, mm-hmm. awesome. I love it. Yeah, but it didn't have a lot of Christmas. Yeah, but it, it made me feel still, so. Yeah, it was a fun movie. I just wish that it was more set during Christmas instead of the entire year. Yeah, but just seeing Emma Roberts having that, like, will they or won't they chemistry, like, they get on each other's nerves, but, like, you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sweet, sweet formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of formulas, okay, we've been watching a few Hallmark Christmas movies and Lifetime Christmas movies. And they've been way better. It surprises me because, well, Dylan here is a Hallmark hound where he's just like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you want to watch? This or a Hallmark Lifetime movie? And he's like, Hallmark. Well, <laughs> it's the Christmas season, baby. What am I supposed to do? Just like not watch these? So if given the choice between these Netflix movies that have been pissing me off or watching just a comforting Hallmark or a Lifetime movie with Bethany Joy Lenz or any other teen person I watched on a CW drama <laughs> or a Fox drama, give it to me. I don't care. I like watching them because they're fun and yeah, you can make fun of them while you watch them and they're super, super festive, which is nice. Yeah. There's, it's like jam packed with Christmas, which I love. And you got more stories with women and I'm down. Yeah, the stories aren't super great or inventive, but what are you going to do? This is all I got to work with. Yeah. And I also like these stories because they usually, they have a formula that they work in tropes that I usually like. <laughs> a meet cute. Yeah. Oh, here's like a, it's a wonderful life type thing. Here is a person, they're overworked, but what if they realized the true meaning of Christmas? What if they had made this one... Sliding doors. Yeah. The formula of just having those tropes and including people that I kind of like. Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Vanderboot. Yeah. Bring it on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with Lifetime, you get a little bit more inclusive mm-hmm. things like people of color and LGBTQ, and I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's what you get a little bit more. Hey, do do they both have Jewish stuff or is that just one? Well, that's what I was getting to. Okay, sorry. But, okay, so Lifetime, you get LGBTQ, but this year they're doing a lesbian story, which Hallmark did their first gay romance, which it wasn't even the featured couple mm-hmm. last year. They were part of an ensemble of couples. Mm-hmm. And it was just a gay couple. And then Lifetime, they have done a gay couple as well. But now they're the first one to do a lesbian couple. Mm. Wow. Lifetime. Just overstepping Hallmark. But yeah, Lifetime, I think, has Jewish movies as well. But Hallmark has been doing Jewish movies for like the past, I want to say like seven years, something like that. But it's usually like one every two years. Mm-hmm. But this year we got, I want to say two to three. I have a confession to make. Okay. I never, never pay attention to whether it is a Lifetime or Hallmark movie. It's just, I know. It's just a blank like it's all the same to me that's why whenever i'm like what do you want to watch hallmark or lifetime i just yeah. lump them together because yeah. they're all kind of the same yeah so it's like give me a hallmark movie just a, a peek behind our process mm. every year this has started within the last couple of years get that uh subscription to friendly yeah let Jessica go wild over here just recording <laughs> all of her channels. So she has probably like 40 movies recorded at any mm-hmm. given time. Yeah, this year they added Lifetime though, which really helped because I don't have to watch all the commercials through the Lifetime app now. Mm. Oh, also Lifetime has interracial couples, so mm-hmm. Hallmark doesn't do that. Yeah, so I guess when I see diversity, I'll just be like, this is probably Lifetime. Yeah, we just watched on Hallmark the Eight Gifts of Hanukkah, and that was a fun one. It has Jake Epstein who played Craig in Degrassi Next Generation so I am down. Yeah if you want to see your Degrassi alums check it out check out these Christmas movies. Oh man so good he's really good too. I really liked that one it Mm. was very it was really cute even though I really liked the lady in it it was kind of like a thing where she was surrounded by a bunch of doofuses and I can read the what it's about really okay, quick. Okay. An anonymous suitor sends Sarah a gift for each night of Hanukkah. On her journey to find her secret admirer, she learns her one true love might be someone she never expected. Which I don't know why she would not expect this boy that she has known yeah. since childhood. Who she was like, I mean, I liked him, but he would never like me. And it's yeah. like... They always, they always see that. One thing I did like about this movie is instead of a nondescript job, mm-hmm. she was an optometrist, which is very specific and a real job. Yeah. Instead of like marketing person. <laughs> um, I design displays in box chain stores. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, that's it. I stage homes. Yeah, I stage Yeah, homes. I've seen one where they she stages homes. But yeah, it was a real job that people have heard of. And I was like, Go Hallmark, great. Yeah. And I like that she was, she really, uh, really loved Hanukkah. Like, yeah. she just wanted someone who could vibe with her and just, like, really get into the traditions and, yeah. like, it really meant a lot to her. She yeah. collected all these fancy and antique menorahs and stuff, and she put them all out for Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and people would walk in and be like, whoa, that's a lot. And she's like, yeah, I love them. She just loves Hanukkah. I really enjoy their Hanukkah movies. That was a good one. This isn't spoiling anything. I do like that at the end, whenever she's just, to, like, some of the other people that she thinks Mike can be suitors she's like hey sorry I've met someone else and they're not like what the hell they're just like I'm so happy for you I just want you to be happy that's always (laughs) what I've wanted and she's like all right cool like they're not jerks or anything they're just like okay yeah I like how she just knocks them down really quickly. She's like, I gotta go do this. I gotta take <laughs> yeah, care of this. She goes to like three different ones. Just like, oh, by the way, um, this isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, at the end, just, like, dipping kiss or yeah. whatever like that. It's just, like, in front of everyone, and they're all just like, that's nice. That's another thing. This movie, <laughs> this movie had... Oh, yes, The yes. kiss was a little bit more intense than Hallmark yeah. usually does. Usually, it's, like, a little bit of a kiss few minutes no tongue mm-hmm. this is like a little it bit of tongue it lingered a little lingering you got the dip another kiss lingering i'm pretty sure i saw a tongue <laughs> <laughs> the director was like leave it in we gotta leave it in i was like wow hallmark okay yeah i remember when we watched that you were like oh <laughs> going for it <laughs> that's not a hallmark kiss mm. usually hallmark movies you can have one kiss or you can have one almost kiss in a kiss or you can have two kisses in the movie <laughs> usually the first one would be like short and then you have like the end kiss that's usually their formula please sir i want some more what? please sir i want some Also, usually Hallmark, you have just random stock music or whatever Mm -hmm. and covers of nobody's doing stuff. And this one had Howie, what's his face, Collide. Oh, Howie Day. Howie Day's Collide two times in the movie. And I was like, damn, Hallmark, (laughs) what was this budget? (laughs) They really went for it. As soon as those opening notes started, I'm like, ugh takes me back to my sad middle school days (laughs) where I'm just like, when will I know love like this? Ooh. Listen to that song so much. It's so good. I mm-hmm. still love it. They were pulling out all the stops. Hallmark. Hallmark. <laughs> good job. Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I did just remember that Jake Epstein was in the Lifetime movie about Hanukkah that I watched, I think from last year. Yeah, that's another thing where I also never know if something is new or old. It's all just whatever's put in front of me. If I'm catching a movie from four years ago and it has someone I like, go for it. I look at the date and then the cast and everything. Yeah. I watched half of a Bethany Joy Lynn's movie before I had to leave. And then we watched another one last night, <laughs> which the one we watched last night is like an unexpected Christmas or whatever. I think so. Where it's basically like... You say it's like the wedding date. Yeah, I thought it was, but then it wasn't. Because she didn't expect to actually be... Yeah, because they were already a couple previously. Okay. And they had broken up. Okay, quick synopsis. It's just, (laughs) dude broke up with his girlfriend. They each go to his hometown for Christmas. They unexpectedly meet in a train station. He is not told... They're his family that they have broken up. They assume that they're still together. And to spare his family's feelings, she goes along with this ruse that they are still a couple. And then the expected happens. But you know what it's kind of like while you're sleeping? Similar in that way. Sandy B. The reason I bring up this movie is I just wanted to say, because I didn't say it last night. That guy, he was real strange. Like, he was really giving off a weird vibe. <laughs> Like, he was a real goofus. Yeah, yeah. He was. But I think he, he gave it a little bit more flavor than they usually do, because usually the dudes are really, like, bland. bland. And... Yeah, but I liked it, but <laughs> it's just like, this dude is really just, like... Going for it. Yeah, and sometimes he'd just say a line reading a certain way, and just the grin he would have on his face, and I'm just like, what are you doing, man? That's pretty... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's wigging me out. <laughs> you, you a goober. Because he's got... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one was okay. I think it was better than the five-star Christmas, the other one. Yeah. Do you have any more <laughs> Christmas movies that you would like to run down? I don't know if I wanted to do more Hallmark movies or something else. Oh, you want to talk about the Santa Claus 3? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I watched the Santa Claus last year. <laughs> 
Santa Claus. I would see their glass. I watched the Santa Claus last year Mm -hmm. for Christmas. And then I was like, I'm not going to continue. I'm just going to watch the first one. And then we watched the second one, the Santa Claus 2, for Christmas in July this Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, good. Now we can move on to Santa Claus 3, the escape clause for Christmas. And so we watched it. And I got to say, it's still my least favorite. It just doesn't hold (laughs) Because first one, classic. Second one, out of this world. (laughs) Yeah. We've already talked about it. Won't go too far into it. Third, where do you go? Back down to Earth. (laughs) You've already reached the stars. (laughs) We've already walked among the stars. What more is there to conquer? It's just weird. It has kind of a weird vibe. And then the story with Jack Frost is mostly annoying. It's very unnecessary. Like, the whole thing is just, this didn't need to be told. Yeah, it just kind of rambles on. And then, like, the climax of the movie where everything's happening and you're just like, oh, wow, how are we going to get out of this one? It resolves itself pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, whoa, the movie's over in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching the trailer. The whole movie is about like Jack Frost wanting to get more respect, basically. It's like horn in on Christmas. Yeah. So he's going to challenge <laughs> Santa Claus's dominance <laughs> by taking over. Yeah. But I expected that to be most of the movie, which it's not. It's Family all, issues. It's, yeah, it's mo- like the last 30 minutes, and the first part is just him working up to it. Yeah. All the stuff that he does before is, like, way worse than what he did, <laughs> like, whenever he took over. Yeah. <laughs> because he was just breaking stuff. <laughs> Like, whenever he broke the espresso machine, I was like, dude, how is that going to help your cause? It's not doing anything. It just made you a delicious beverage. And he enjoyed it, too. He's like, look, I perfected this recipe. And then he just broke it. Mm. I was like, bro. That's Jessica's takeaway. Like, that guy's a jerk for breaking the espresso machine. Yeah, and burning muffins. And... Sorry, espresso machine, not espresso. Yeah. I didn't want to get letters. He burned their buns, man. Mm. <laughs> I also like one. No, maybe I shouldn't get too far into that. Never mind. I won't get too far into that. Yeah, we don't want to spoil yeah. Santa Claus 3, <laughs> the escape clause. <laughs> I love in Santa Claus 2 where Bernard's like, I think this is the Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> where they're all looking in the giant magnifying glass. Yeah, and they just keep yeah. <laughs> getting it bigger and bigger. Spencer is the head elf now mm. in the third one. Man, he gets so easily tricked yeah. by Jack Frost. That was ridiculous. I was just like, you know better. You are literally like, he's like over a thousand years old in the first one. I don't think he's that old. He's been around. Yeah. He he should know not to reveal the secrets of how to make Santa lose his powers. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Mitchell is in the third one. That, but it's it's not enough. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah, she doesn't have enough to do. And then it's the whole thing where she's relegated to just birthing Be- a child. Being pregnant. Yeah, and like hanging out and being like, I wish he would pay attention to me. And then just not doing... I mean, she's a teacher, but they don't even show her teaching that much. It's just the beginning and the end. And then it's just the same old like Mrs. Claus where she doesn't do anything. Yeah, she was so interesting in the second one. Yes. Like, she was, like I know she wasn't badass. the Mrs. Claus yet. But just seeing her and Scott, just first they're at odds and then they like slowly come together and they like, yeah, Tim Allen, he's not everyone's favorite person, but they have a really lovely 
romance mm-hmm. that develops and you just feel it. And then the third one, they're just like, oh, let's just forget everything about her. Let's just, she's pregnant. That's all you need to know. He needs to be ready to be a dad again. In the second one, she has this personality and different aspects of herself. She has interests and you find out that she loves Christmas, which is a bonus, yeah. but she has her own personality. And now she has no personality, except I want to know when you're going to be around to pay attention to me and put this star on the top of the tree. <laughs> also, now she has parents, yeah. which I love Alan Arkin, but like, don't take away from Elizabeth Mitchell for it. Yeah. And she gave everything up to go and be isolated in the North Pole. And that's like a whole thing. Her one friend is his ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even see each other that much because she's never been to the North Pole. So she yeah. just doesn't do anything. Just the first thing that she says, like, oh, people who are tall. Like yeah. whenever she sees them come to the North Pole. Yeah. And that makes me feel uncomfortable whenever she's talking like that. I mean, I get just like, just it say feels hu- like, yeah. Humans, because elves aren't humans, right? They're elves. I guess. But I think it's just kind of like whenever like moms are only around their kids all the time and then they see yeah. like an, another adult. It's interesting because most of these elves in the Santa Claus movies, they are mostly childlike. The elves they like, look like children. But they also act, they're, they're kind of like, Thanks, Santa. Like, whenever he's yeah. walking through the factory, it's like a five-year-old girl just being, like, hammering something like, thank you, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. So I can't imagine her talking about, like, geopolitical, like, conflicts and stuff. They're just, like, worried about gumdrops and hot chocolate and stuff. Yeah, because they're all Christmassy and that's their job yeah. and their purpose. It's like people trying to talk about me with things that aren't movies. It's like, you're not going to get very far. I think it's, it's like the same thing with Elf because Buddy... Mm-hmm. He's a human, but he's just like that. He's like, I made a list and we'll eat candy canes and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, he's all childlike because he's an elf. It's just like their character. So yeah, I guess the word choice that she made isn't the best, but like, I don't think it was like meant to be harmful. I don't think so either. It just makes me feel uncomfortable, Mm. but I know what she means. I don't know. Just write it differently. Yeah. I mean, it makes me uncomfortable that just that she's like, it's not underlined more that she's seems to be kind of regretting her choice but like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like she's oh i'm stuck here because this is what i chose yeah and then like <laughs> the only thing that makes it worth it is scott and now her about to be newborn child and it's just like that's not a lie yeah and they don't even allow her to delve into that into her fears or regrets or anything it's just maybe she does but we're not going to allow her to so she's like no 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 i love it i love it it's just i want to see my parents every once in a while let me pitch this to you Hmm. okay so disney just do a fourth one Let's not even call it a fourth one. Let's do a spinoff with Elizabeth Mitchell. Release it under... I'm not even sure if this banner still exists. Release it under the Touchstone banner so it's not confused with Disney. Because that's like their more adult stuff where they release Gone in 60 Seconds. Let's get Emerald Fennell to like write this really like thoughtful examination of who Mrs. Claus is. Her kind of existential crisis. Because Emerald, she understands the female mind. And like she really like puts it puts it down on the page. Like page so well. female mind yeah man she's a woman she understands it uh, yeah she naturally. gets it she writes it so well okay anyway <laughs> i think emerald would do a fantastic job of really like dealing with the psychology of this character 
And I think we need that. Yeah, I'd be down for that. And it's like a strong role for a slightly older woman, mm-hmm. which Elizabeth Mitchell, she's still... You can do different stages of her life, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that Okay. But also, uh, where she ends up, though. But that's where I want to start, man. Yeah. So maybe it would be better. I want to see her wrestling with that decision of like, what does that mean for her to be living in the North Pole with this guy? Doing nothing but baking cookies and birthing children. Mm -hmm. I could really see it being kind of like an unhinged woman who is slowly going insane and like what that does to her psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that with with a darker edge to it. Mm -hmm. And then But still Christmas is around. So you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 Because they're in Santa's workshop. Yeah. Yeah, and having like sarcastic comments and stuff that'd be great about Santa and then he doesn't it's kind of like Kevin yeah. can F himself or yeah. he's just oblivious Emerald you don't even have to like pay me for this just take the idea yeah I would love to have more Christmas movies that were centered around women since every single famous Christmas movie in the mainstream is centered around men either young boys or older men and it is insane father-son, little boys, men having crises, and then having their redemption story. It's a lot. It's even the animals, even everything is just men. Alternate idea and a legit fourth movie, but just like... I don't know what the clause would be because the death clause seems like, I guess that would just be the Santa clause because that's the first, that's what happened in the first one. Yeah. Died. But like get Elizabeth Mitchell to take over instead of dumbass Charlie. <laughs> yeah. And just see how it is for her. I mean, she already knows the world. But I just want to see Elizabeth Mitchell as a Santa Claus. Yeah, it's a shame it'll never happen. Sorry, Tim Allen. I'm not trying to kill you off. You've had your time. You've had three movies. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm spinning out. I've been talking yeah. about Christmas too long. I'm going down some weird paths. Funny enough, Elizabeth Mitchell was also in a Hallmark movie called The Christmas Club, which we watched, and that was one of the better ones. It was very good. It's based on a book that a woman wrote, which one of the Christmas podcasts that I listened to, I think it was Christmas Past, he interviewed her and she was talking about the process Mm -hmm. of going there and watching them film and she even has a cameo in the movie and she was very very excited that they took her book and made it into a movie didn't she play like a dance teacher or something like that elizabeth Mm -hmm. yeah she had a dance studio it was about a couple a man and a woman who found money that a woman had lost in the wind i forgot the amount and then they came together and they're trying to help her and then they pull their money together and say that they found it and give it back to her but that's like their meet cute and this money brings them together finding the money and helping that woman Mm. so it goes off from there what a great movie (laughs) i do not remember this premise i know but i I can see i can see your face is just blank and nodding it wasn't like an extreme amount of money was it no okay i think it was 25 dollars maybe okay because as you kept going with that i was just like okay i think i remember this but then when you first said it i was just like they found money i was thinking like ten thousand dollars and no. i was like i do not remember but then I- they didn't ever find the money well i can't remember at the end if they did but it was like floating around mm-hmm. and it spawned people to do acts of good yeah. it was like a ripple effect because mm-hmm. i think other people found money and they started doing good things seek it out <laughs> Christmas classic. Okay, I guess we've talked enough about Christmas. Have we? It's only been three hours. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still going to have a lot of editing to do. It's getting unhinged. So, hope you've had fun listening (laughs) to this. (laughs) Hope you got some good wrecks in there. Movies to avoid and movies to watch. I uh, rate this portion of the episode five decorated wreaths out of five. (laughs) 
I give this five resigned Mrs. Clauses out of five. Poor Mrs. Claus. <laughs> One day you'll have your freedom. Not in this patriarchy, fam. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Home Dance Film Festival. Join us again next week when we'll probably have more of our normal format. If you have any thoughts or opinions about the movies we discussed today or movie suggestions, you can write us at homedancepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us at homedancepod. If you enjoyed the show today, you can leave us a rating and review. If you did not, I don't care. Yeah, if you thought it was a hot mess, just uh, keep it to yourself. Yeah, and usually we're less of a hot mess, only slightly. We're like a simmering mess. So eloquent. If you did like it, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DylanGonzalez2, or you can also just check out GeekVibesNation.com where I'm publishing reviews pretty much daily. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jessica Narrates. You can also find me contributing to geekvibesnation.com. Yeah, today, as we record this, it'll be like a week old whenever it's released. Jessica just dropped this insane piece on Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas that <laughs> you definitely need to read because it is great. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. We are proud to be a part of the Geek Vibes Nation podcasting network. And our original music for the show is provided by Andrew Carroll, who can be found at music by Andrew Carroll. Com. Original artwork for the show is provided by Ben Belcher, who can be found on Instagram at The Art of Ben Belcher. I've been Jessica. And I've been Dylan. <clears throat> oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, hey, let- there's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. We sing all the time. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a Happy New Year.